Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Chapter 4. In times like we're living, I'm thankful to serve a God who won't forsake us even though we're human. He surely is not like man, because man can lie, and man can fail. Men can be fickle, and they can betray you. But God will never leave us or forsake us, and I'm thankful. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4, in verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. I don't have a very long thought tonight, but I do want to share my heart for just a few moments on this thought, remember the harvest. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you, God, for the opportunity to be in the You may be seated in Jesus' name. The passage says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I believe we're in that time today. Many preachers, even in our own denomination, have been sued for preaching the word of God to their churches. They have faced men and women in countless droves that have walked away from their congregations because they have been offended by the word of God. It says, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers. You look at any given church in the United States and they offer a countless variety of programs. The message is not important in today's time, it would seem. But what is more important than what is being preached from behind the pulpit is what's being offered for the variety of the world today. 
I'm thankful to be a part of a church where we have a thriving youth group and we have a thriving children's ministry. We offer all sorts of events throughout the year. But I'm also thankful to be part of a church where the pastor is not ruled by the congregation. But he can get up here time and time again and speak the word of God from his heart. He can be used as a mouthpiece of heaven. And if we're offended, God deals with us. It says they are having itching ears. It's all about what you want to hear. You can drive down the interstate today and see billboards specifically designed for divorce lawyers. If you're not happy with the way you look, you can pay enough money and be changed. Or if you don't have quite enough money, you can buy a pill for something, I'm sure. Technology is at our fingertips. The world is full of itching ears. If you don't like the way you are, simply change. And it's very accessible in today's times. The Bible says they shall turn away their ears from the truth. We've never lived in a time as we are today where men do not know who Jesus is. Aside from that, they do not want to know. In many cases, they shall be turned into fables. We must guard our hearts and our lives against anything but the truth. We must have this word inside of our hearts so that we live it day in and day out. Granted, we are still human, but we have to be able to know that we know this word. There are people in here who have children, and your children need to know that you know the word of God, that you can pray and know which name to call. It's never a guessing game of what to do whenever they're sick. The first thing we did, I'm thankful to say, in our household when we had a cold or we had a headache, anything, is we went to dad and mom, and they knew how to pray. I'm thankful as a young man that I was raised in a household that I didn't guess if we were going to church on Sunday or if we were going to church on Wednesday or even today now that I'm so on my own, I don't guess at who to call whenever I have a problem. I know that I have a pastor who I have learned to give authority in my life. We have to guard ourselves with the truth. It has been said for years and even decades. But we are living in the world, and it is a fact that we can see scriptures being fulfilled. Scriptures that are signs of the end. That is why we must know what we believe, and we must hold fast to it. There's not a day to take off, but there is one God. We must know this for a fact. There is one God, and his name is Jesus. We baptize in that name and we pray in that name. We go to him with expectancy in that name. This is the only hope of salvation and we cannot let it go. There is nothing holy about this world that we live in. And that is why we must guard this truth within us. We must instill this truth in our hearts 
and in the hearts of the children that are before us. Once we have established it, we must nurture it and let it grow. As the song says, we have to fall in love with Jesus. We have to fall in love with his word. Because if we are not careful, there is an enemy. The Bible says he is roaming to and fro as a roaring lion. And he's seeking whom he may devour. It doesn't matter which walk of life you come from. It doesn't matter where you are in life. But he is seeking whom he may devour. Jesus told Peter that he desires to sift you as wheat. He'll take you at any point. And if we are not careful, he will gladly take advantage at any moment. Jesus said to tell the whole world of this gospel. The gospel is the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's obvious that we can't reach the whole world on our own. But we are able to reach those around us within our world, so to speak, the people that we deal with on a daily basis. We have to understand that there is a harvest beyond these doors and that if we don't reach them, if you and I cease to tell them about Jesus, it is very likely that they will die in the field. We have to be aware that the harvest is dying in the field and the field is just beyond this sanctuary. Jesus said to his disciples in the book of John, chapter 9, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. What was Jesus saying? He was saying, I don't have time to wait. Just because the Pharisees had said no man could work on the Sabbath. And Jesus was saying, I don't have time to wait just because it's the Sabbath. This man needs a miracle in his life. And at that moment, Jesus was to move. That means that he has called us to do the same thing. Whenever, I don't, know, I don't care where we are, but when God requests of us to move, that's the point in time when we have to be ready to minister to people in their lives. He said in another point of scripture, the fields are white with harvest. Hatchbin Apostolic Church, he has called not one of us, but all of us to be laborers. We are a very ministry-minded church. And we have so many things going on. But as individuals, we have to have our hands in the harvest. We don't have time for a day off in this world that we live in. The government has shut down, but the church cannot shut down. We don't have time for a day off. There is no retirement in this. It doesn't matter your age, but Jesus requires us to go and preach this gospel. Go and tell the whole world. It is our call and our mandate. It was the great commission. We are so close to the end that we can see its fulfillment in everyday life. In scripture and every time we see the news. It doesn't matter what the world is coming to because the Bible says that the heart of the king is in the Lord's hand and he can turn it any way he wishes to turn it. So it doesn't matter who controls the White House. It doesn't matter what's coming tomorrow. 
Jesus' disciples asked him, how will they know the signs of the end? And in the book of Matthew, he tells them. It says, and Jesus answered unto them and said, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for these before all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He said, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in divers' places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. He said, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end come. We have a job to do. We have a job to do today because there is a harvest. With all of this that's happening in the world and in the media, we cannot forget the harvest we must remember there was a man by the name of Edward Murrow he was a journalist for World War II is where he began his career and each night when he was assuring the nation of all that was going on overseas during World War II his sign off was simply this good night and good luck After telling of all that was going on, he would tell them good night and good luck. Whenever I heard of that, something pricked in my spirit. Because we cannot afford to leave this world with good night and good luck. Every time we hear in the media or in the news, we constantly hear of how many weapons of mass destruction each, com- each country has and the military of other world powers if you will the economy that's constantly crashing but we can't afford to leave this world with good night and good luck we have to give them more than a good night and we have to be prepared with more than good luck we need to give them Jesus in a world that Jesus may very well soon be all that we have left Jesus is all that we need But Jesus is all that we can give as well. To the man on the side of the road who is begging for money, doesn't know where the next meal will come from, rather than money, Jesus would give him plenty. We have to be prepared to be the church and give them Jesus because no matter what comes tonight or what comes tomorrow, we have to remember the harvest because that is the heart of Jesus Christ himself. We have a job to do. We have a job to do. There are many generations who may come 
before us. There are children in the back tonight who would ask, what meaneth these stones? When the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River, they were told to collect stones and build an altar there to show what God had done for them because they said that there were children that would come along one day and say, what meaneth these stones? I remember growing up in this church, sleeping under its pews, and I remember inquiring of different elders in the church of how we got here, how this church was built, and what meaneth these stones. It became more important as I have become a young man of what these stones meant. Because for once, it's not just a story, but I have seen elders who impacted my life greater than I could ever tell them with words pass on to another life. And they have gone and joined a great cloud of witnesses, and I am left here now feeling a weight on my shoulders, a weight that they have left behind. And I know what the stones stand for today. I remember elders like Sister Wanda Drake, When I was just a young boy, Sister Wanda Drake and my mother and myself would go into Brantford and knock on doors, passing out tracts. There are many hilarious stories I could tell. She was one of a kind and didn't mind telling it. But I never have to ask what meaneth these stones because I had elders, not just my parents, but I had elders that taught me. Sister Gladys Goodson, I'll never forget her quoting the scripture before Brother Boyd could get it out of his mouth. And she taught me from afar how to love the word of God and how to read it and how to memorize it. She made me proud that I could quote scripture. And I'll never have to ask again what meaneth these stones. I watched Sister O'Neill as she made her way feebly through that side door. Different men in the church would go and help her to her seat all the way on the other side. And I'll never have to ask again about faithfulness and what meaneth these stones. We are a church that is rich in history. There are many elders that have gone on before me that I wish, I wish I could have known just for a conversation. And there are many here tonight and still present today that I hope to glean a little bit more wisdom from in this life. Because there's people who will be coming to this church and they will want to know what these stones mean. They'll want to know why it was built. Why in this location? And the only answer we can give them is Jesus. We don't know all the answers, but God is doing something in our church. God is doing something in the lives of our people. He's bringing people here, and we realize as they come that they fit right in. We have not found a misfit yet, and we have to wonder. We no longer have to wonder, rather, what meaneth these stones, because it all works for the good of the kingdom of God, and we still have a job to do. We have to remember the harvest. If any given man... You could take a world-renowned missionary. You could take a beginning preacher. 
But if any man was to seek the face of God and come and stand behind this desk and preach to us the heart of God, he would preach to us souls because that was the heart of Jesus. That was the meat of his ministry. You see, we oftentimes view Jesus' ministry as the miracles that he did. The miracle wasn't important to him. People merely recognized who he was by the miracles. And that scripture, that miracles and signs and wonders will follow us. But the miracle wasn't important to God. What was important was that soul that he was touching. The life that would be forever changed to know that somebody cared enough to touch a dirty, begging, blind man. Or even a woman who was sleeping around on her husband. Jesus cared about the soul more than what the soul had done. Because the soul had the destiny of that human being. It was not about the color to Jesus. It was not about the walk of life to him. He dined with sinners and publicans. But it was the soul that mattered the most to him. And we have to be reminded of the harvest. Because the fields are white to harvest. The Bible says that laborers are few. We have to get our hands in the harvest because that is the heart of Jesus Christ, is souls. As musicians get ready. When I started this message, I said I was thankful to be in this place. Because God is not like man. God will not lie to us. He will not forsake us. I would be a fool to say that God is all love and no judgment. Because we do know that God has judgment. And that God will prompt correction on us. There are things in this world that God does hate. The Bible even tells us that. But still one thing I'll never forget is that God is not like man. He cannot lie. He will not fail us. And if we stay true to this word, it will always be true to us. When they ask what meaneth these stones, we have to tell them our history, why we're here. We have to tell them of all that God has done for us, but more than that, we have to teach them of our mission and our cause. We have to remember the harvest because without the harvest, there would be no stones to remember. I don't ever want to forget by sitting on a padded pew that if it had not been for laborers in the harvest, my parents would never have gotten into church. I can easily take it for granted because I grew up in this. But if I forget that it was men and women in the harvest, they're still the reason that I'm here today. We don't have any room to forget where we came from. We just have to remember the harvest in all that we do. Because that's the only way that we can minister in this world today 
It's the only way that we will fulfill the great commission that God set before us to remember the harvest. Praise the Lord. Thank you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.